BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Yep. Crazy. All right, guys. I don't think we can do it better than Michael. Let's get it. 
Ooh, yeah, brother. That was me. Anyways, all right, we guys, uh, we have two trailers to go over today. Uh, the first one being just a little trailer about a red guy that's an assassin that likes to kill things. It's also somehow established with the X-Men, who's a serious group of superheroes, but he, he's, he's a joker, and he's probably a midnight toker as well. Deadpool 2 came out this last week for the trailer, and uh, I really enjoyed the trailer. I thought that the uh, comedy in it was funny, uh, over the top, everything I kind of wanted from it. It didn't give up too much information. It kind of makes it look like Deadpool is the one forming the X-Force. I don't know exactly if that's really true or anything like that, but we got a shot of a lot of heroes uh, together. We got a shot of a lot of uh, violent stuff that Deadpool does, primarily to himself for, for the most part. Uh, the uh, blind old lady's back. There's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff that is you know unveiled in this trailer, but it doesn't seem like they went – too far that they, they they showed too much, which I definitely enjoyed. Um, how did you feel about this trailer, Nick? Did you like it? Yeah, uh, that, that's probably an understatement. Like I loved it. It was uh, like you said. I mean, it was it had the comedy, it had the action aspect. This one looks like I mean, the first one was on such a small budget, and I love it. But it was on such a small budget um, that you know they had to kind of pick and choose their action sets and, 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 you know, how they wanted to edit it and everything else. Um, and it worked miraculously in their favor. Um, but with this one, you know, with the sequel, it's just like, like I would compare it to like John Wick two, like how John Wick two, like amped everything up and took everything like a little more over the top, like, or crank to, uh, maybe, um, but uh, but yeah, it looks like it's got that kind of aspect where they got a little bit more of a budget. They can they can you know get a little crazier. Um, and yeah, I love how he's the guy like um, how Deadpool's the guy like creating the X Force. That's definitely what it what it seems like from the trailer. Um, and I also love the the way they appear to set things up where Cable's you know coming back uh, you know from the future. Ooh, reference uh, to like kill this kid and like Deadpool is going to like protect him. I, I so hope that there's like, um, obviously I feel like they're going to like team up and work together at the end. But I, I like, I really hope that like the whole movie is Deadpool trying to save this kid and he's just a fucking asshole. And so Deadpool like kind of has like likes him, but then like at the end, like Deadpool just realizes that, yeah, I, I probably do need to kill this kid. Uh, Cause I think that would be great for comedic effort if they, if they paid it off well. Um, but yeah, I'm totally excited for this movie. It, it seems, uh, seems like it's going to be awesome. Uh, seems like it's going to have a, a wide scope. Uh, him fighting the Yakuza was really cool. Um, and the comedy definitely seems there. So yeah. Pumped. I would absolutely love if Deadpool's trying to save this, this, uh, kid from cable and they kind of spoof a little bit, not too much, but subtly spoof Logan a little bit, but the relationship, except for, the kid's a little asshole like he looks like in the trailer and Deadpool just can't stand him. Like they could even have a close up of like the kid trying to hold like Deadpool's hand and it like looks like the cover of Logan or something like that. And then it pans out and like Deadpool's like, why are you trying to hold my hand? You little shit or something like that. Just very vulgar, very blunt. I think that would be hilarious. And at the end of it, he's like, cable, just take this kid. I can't stand him. Like do what you got to do with him. Uh, anyways, Kanan, um, how did you like, uh, the trailer. Are you are you more amped for it, or are you just, you know, it was it was all right. Like, how'd you feel? 
I mean, I know things about this movie that don't really, I'm not really as hyped for it as much as I was before I found out things, but the, the trailer has a lot of fun uh, aspects to it that, that I'm looking forward to. I thought um, the, uh, I don't think the trailer gave away a whole lot. This one was a little bit better about kind of setting uh, the tone for what the movie would be based around, uh, whereas the first ones were just kind of like jumbled shots of action and then one-liners and stuff like this. This kind of sets the the tone as far as like what we know the movie uh, is going to be focused on. Uh, I mean, I think Ryan Reynolds is still the best part of this franchise. Uh, I'm really intrigued more about Domino now. I was really hyped about uh, Cable. Uh, but the more I see these trailers, I'm not really sold on Josh Brolin as Cable. Um, it's I don't I don't know. Maybe it's because he's done such a great job in the Infinity War trailers as Thanos. I'm having a hard time uh, separating the two. But um, no, I mean uh, I love seeing uh, the X Force in action. I'm a huge Terry Crews fan, so it was really cool. Uh, you know, seeing a little bit more about him, uh, confirming. Also, you know, Bill uh, Skarsgård is being in the film as an uh, X-Force member. So uh, the, the opening scene was still the, the best part of the trailer. Uh, Dope Hender's in the taxi listening to the love song, and, you know, Deadpool's running and jumping through the window. But uh, no, I mean, it, was, it was a... Yeah. <laughs> no, it, was a, it, it wasn't a terrible trailer. It was, it was really good. It still doesn't spoil anything. Uh, but it did a good job, like I said, of of kind of getting getting us on track about what the movie's about, not just a bunch of thrown in shots and one liners where to make us laugh. So Yeah, I, I agree. It kind of established something but it didn't establish too much as well. Um all I know is I'm looking forward to this movie. Uh it's coming out soon, which is crazy. Uh but Deadpool Looking at another one of those movies, man. And that's pretty badass. Uh, speaking about Josh Brolin, we'll kind of like use him to transition to the next trailer that we're about to talk about. It's crazy. This guy is now in three big trailers coming out. It must be the, uh, what the hell could we call it? So they have the reconnaissance, it's Josh Brolin, the Brolinius. Nah, I don't have anything. Fuck it. All right. <laughs> but he is in the trailer for Sicario 2. So uh, I just watched this trailer not too long ago. Um, are you talking about Amped? I did not think Sicario needed a second film. And now they've done this. I know that uh, Jimmy Villeneuve is – I don't believe that he's the one directing this. I, I forgot actually who is doing this instead. But that does not actually scare me at all. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to this movie and expanding with this character that reminds me – the Benicio Del Toro character from this series reminds me of aspects of John Wick – uh, just from, like, this legendary killer. He reminds me also of the killer from No Country for Old Men, but he's kind of like a politically trained assassin built for a specific thing. I love the whole tone of the trailer. I love them questioning what terrorism is. Um, and just by the end of it, where the way that Josh Brolin, his position in the government, and using, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, Del Toro's character to clip out the uh, the cartel uh, heads is what it looks like, basically. It kind of makes it look like the U.S. is the one starting the war with this whole entire thing. And it's it's crazy. Uh, I love the the the, uh, the concept for the first one. This one seems like it's going to be louder, but in a good way, if you guys understand what I'm saying. And I'm, uh, I'm really actually looking forward to it. Um, 
Nick, I know that you're really excited about this movie. Uh, I love Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin particularly as this character. He's so dry and direct and just kind of evil in a way. And I love Nisio Del Toro. Are you looking forward to this movie? Hell yeah. Like, so much. And, and I'm with you. Like, I didn't think Sicario needed a sequel either. Like, I was... It, I was on board with it, but I was on the fence about it. It was one of those where I was like, uh, I, I'm going to have to see a trailer. Um, because the first one is just so good. Emily Blunt is amazing in it. Um, she's obviously like the driving force of that one, um, whereas it does appear like Benicio Del Toro's character is kind of taking that mantle. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it looks awesome. I love the aspect um, that, that they're, that, you know, they're ultimately teasing that – uh, essentially, they bring in Benicio del Toro to you know help them topple uh, some cartels and and start a war between the cartels and that that kind of aspect. Um, only to you know have him rescue some girl who is now a conflict of interest to them. Uh, but del Toro's not about that. You're, like you're right, he's his his motives were. Um, strictly revenge in the in the first movie and you didn't really get a uh a higher sense of his his morality past that um and with this one you're kind of seeing uh more of uh like a uh inner battling inner demons uh to to kind of find his morality and where he stands on things uh and, and you're right Josh Brolin is like the you know CIA uh, I'll do whatever you need to do to get the job done, no morals. And that's just an awesome dynamic that I, I can't wait to see play out. And I'm hoping that it's, I mean, if it's just like half as good as Sicario, like I'll be, I'll be cool with that. But my expectation for it has risen to think that it might be just as good as the first one. And that excites the hell out of me. Yeah. Sicario, day of Day of the Soldado. Oh man, Soldado. Soldado. There you go, Nick. <laughs> you know, I practiced it on mute while I was doing this. I'm like, Day of Soldado. Day of Soldado. And I, it always happens like that. But anyways, uh, Kanan, um, you watched the trailer. Uh, I'm assuming you saw the first movie. Are you excited about this film? Uh, yeah, a lot more than I expected to be. And I'd seen the the first trailer for this film. And I, I was hooked because I, I made a comment on Twitter about this, that I could pretty much watch uh, Benicio Del Toro paint. And, you know, that's how much <laughs> I love this guy. This guy is a great actor. Uh, he's so my weird, yeah. Uh But, uh, he, yeah, he's, he's just he's a, a terrific actor. And, you know, any movie that he's in, he just has this presence about him. He's almost like Javier Bardem in a way. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, – uh, this trailer is a lot more action-packed. It uh, actually, um, it, much like the Deadpool trailer, it tells us a little bit more about what this movie is going to be about. And uh, where in the first one, uh, you know, you're right, Nick. Uh, we saw, and you're also right about this. The first one, you know, really having a great ending. Uh, they're really not needing to be a second one. Uh, I don't expect this movie to be as good as the first one, but I think that the the returning characters will be enough to make this still a really good movie to see. Uh, but that first one will, will be hard to beat, but, uh, no, I mean, the trailer was great. Uh, and you know that we're going to get a showdown between Brolin and, 
uh, Del Toro uh, based on the trailer. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, man, I think it could be one of the sleeper hits of 2018. Uh, you know, it's uh, I know Den- uh, Denny Villeneuve is not coming back for this one. They are going with a different director, so it's going to have probably a, a different aesthetic. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, these two guys together, um, there was somebody else that was in the trailer uh, that was uh, well-known. I don't know the complete cast, but uh, so I won't s- stick on it too long. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it and uh, and can't wait. Yeah, it's it's definitely it looks pretty entertaining. I'm trying to look up the cast to find out maybe who the other person was uh, that you were referring to. Josh well, Cohen I know Jeffrey to be... Donovan. I think that was somebody and Catherine uh, Keener, Matthew Modine. So yeah, I mean it's got a really stacked cast. Yeah, Catherine man. Keener. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely got a great cast. Um, but man, yeah, just knowing that Del Toro and Brolin are back is gonna is gonna make for one one hell of a movie, and it should have a low budget, so I think it should do well um, overall at the box office. Yeah, and this 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 movie, um, well, the first Sicario. I mean, I, I I tend to relate, even though I'm looking for this movie. I'm a big film fan. Relate performances uh, to characters in the comic books uh, for the movies who I'd like to see certain people play. And Benicio obviously is kind of tied up on the Marvel end, but if he could play a villain in DC, I don't know exactly which one. Um, this role specifically was very different than a lot of the roles that he's played before. Usually he's unhinged, weird, wacky a little bit you know, some type of thing. But this, this one was so menacing, but, but, but quiet and, and uh, just very, very different flavor. So I don't know. I, I would love to see him play a Batman villain possibly, or maybe even Vandal Savage if they ever got to that point. But he could play definitely a lot of characters and give a lot of depth into him. Um, and I don't mean Johnny yeah. Depp. But uh, let's, let's, um, yeah. let's, uh, yeah, like, like one, one character I could, I could see Kanan is actually Rajal Ghul. Uh, and just because, you know, yep. Raja Ghoul's kind of race is kind of, it could be anything, basically. He's been perceived as Japanese before, so he's got a good look for that, I think. Um, even Two-Face, if you can, like, you know, That's get him in, like, a, Harvey Dent, you know, he's so wacky, he could kind of, like, play the straight man and also the other. So he's a he's a very good actor for that, much like Josh Brolin, who's playing two characters at once. Let's see, uh, see how that is. But let's move from the trailer section, guys, and go to our first topic outside of trailer talk, and that is finding out if Disney is really excited about how much money they're making. I wonder if that's uh, apparent, guys. Uh, I'm not, not 100% sure on that, but uh, <laughs> let's, just, let's just get into it. Two major things that we found out is that the uh, pre-sales have uh, broken records for Avengers uh, Infinity War. Uh, they have beaten what I think Black Panther have the uh, lead for that, and now they've surpassed that. And we also know now that yep. Black Panther has now beaten it's, – it's, it's got over a billion, and it's beaten um, both Avengers and The Last Jedi domestically in the box office. So I'm pretty sure that there's a couple executives that are like, God dang it, why don't we buy those stupid superheroes? They didn't do anything for us. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, are you excited to hear about these numbers as it pertains to the MCU, Nick, or are you mad they're making this much money? Uh, I mean, I wish, I wish I, I could get a slice of it. Like, I'm not mad at them though. Like, <laughs> uh, not at all. I mean, they're, they're making good content, you know, like 
Um, Black Panther was an awesome movie. Um, I'm happy that it's it's had the success that it you know has. I think it deserves it. Um, and then as far as Infinity War, like I I feel like we take for granted how ambitious this all is. Like you know we're we're far enough down the line, 18 movies in, that you know it, we just kind of like yeah, of course this was always going to work, and it's not the case. And I mean you can even see it with you know, DC still trying to kind of find their footing. And, um, I think they're, you know, on a, on a better track now, but, uh, the monsters universe that didn't like really seem to take off at all. Um, you know, there, there's several examples of, of people who, who have even tried since then who haven't, haven't quite hit the mark. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's awesome to see, you know, infinity war, the pre-sales being as high as they are because something this ambitious and they put so much money into like, yeah, I want to see it succeed. I, I, uh, I, I love the fact that they were willing to take a risk, um, and, and do something just crazy that had never been done before and had a big, big chance of failing. Um, but you know, it's not going to fail. It's obviously tracking to be the biggest movie of all time. Um, uh, you know, I can't. I'll let Kanan get into the numbers on, I, but the pre-sales. But I think it's exponentially more than Black Panther um, at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the thing is like if you look, Kanan, do you think that ten plus years ago, when the two movies that seemed like they're about to change things, The Dark Knight and also Iron Man coming out. Um, before that, it was a very scary thing to put superhero films down. Some of them did extremely well. Some of them did not. Uh, some of them just didn't have the creative power you know, within them to be able to stay afloat. Um, this is a huge gamble, and 10 years later, they're, they're killing all these records. Um, do you think they even saw this, and uh, what, do you, what do you think about all this yourself? Uh, I, I think as the movies go on, I think there's an expectation that they're going to do better uh, than the next. Um, and I think you can you can expect that with certain movies. I don't think that should be uh, the case for all films. And I know that a lot of people are going to judge uh, future films based on what Black Panther has done. But I, people need to realize that Black Panther wasn't just a movie, that it was an event. It was a cultural event. Um, for a lot of people, and that, you know, I don't expect the next Black Panther film to make as much as this one did. I think uh, this was, you know, something special, and, I mean, if Avengers doesn't top it, then Avengers shouldn't feel ashamed of that. Uh, I fully expect it to, but if it doesn't, then, you know, Avengers shouldn't uh, feel ashamed. Avengers just needs to top uh, its next biggest movie, which was um, it's you know the first Avengers and uh, and go from there. I mean, either way, these movies are making a buttload of money, and that's why you don't see any studio slowing down on making them. I mean, you've got people that are saying DC needs to reboot or quit making films and and take a step back. I mean, why would they do that? They they would they would be losing money. Uh, as long as the the movies stay fresh and relevant and are entertaining that they're going to, you know, people are going to come to the theaters and watch them. Um, it is, it is amazing that Avengers doubled 
the ticket sales in the same time period, I think it was 72 hours, that Black Panther did. It was either doubled or tripled. Uh, so it was, it was huge. Wow. Uh, you know, that's – yeah, and that's initial uh, sales. So, I mean, you can't, you can't always go on pre-sales because it doesn't necessarily <laughs> – the background well. It doesn't necessarily mean that it will be for that weekend. But, I mean, a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of theaters are selling out pretty fast. So um, this will be another event-type film. This is 10 years in the making, and this is saying goodbye to some of the people we've we've grown to love. Uh, I know we're not going to be saying goodbye to everybody, but there are going to be people in this film that uh, either die and don't come back or it's their last film, in a, you know, with Marvel. So, uh there's going to be a lot of people to go and see what this is all about. Uh, as far as Black Panther, Passing, um, Avengers, and Last Jedi domestically, Passing Avengers, it was huge. Uh, ticket sales are a little bit more expensive than they were when the first Avengers movie comes out, so you got to count that in. Uh, I'm not surprised, though, that it passed The Last Jedi um, after as far as when it got started. Now, before all this, I would have said Last Jedi – won't be passed by any movie in that time frame. But The Last Jedi was not that great of a movie, uh, in my opinion, uh, and a lot of other people's opinions. It wasn't the best Star Wars film. But no, I mean, what Black Panther's done is hugely impressive. Uh, but, you know, like I said, my main thing is don't take what Black Panther did and compare it to any other movie. Uh, it, it's, it's unfair because of the circumstances surrounding uh, Black Panther. See, and I wonder too, like how much of um, how much of the success of Black Panther is going to create even more success for Infinity War. Like people who maybe a lot, a lot. yeah, like yeah, people who maybe weren't into uh, you know Marvel movies. Like they had seen a couple, but you know they just were kind of casual. And then you know Black Panther came out, and and you know so many people that film just resonated with and they're like, man, this is a character I can connect to. Um, and I think that's going to lend itself to, you know, a lot of success for infinity war. So, um, I, I would be interested to see what the actual numbers on that were. Um, though I don't think they're even calculable. Well, we'll find out soon. And guys, I mean, this is happening real soon. We're going to be seeing infinity war. So just trying to grasp that in my mind is incredible because, you know, 10 plus years, it's about to get to this step. And one thing I, I noticed that what you're saying, Kanan, is like, this might be, if, so even if, all right, so they, if they kill off a character within this movie, but then a lot of those scenes uh, that they're filming um, of them in the past, which might be a part of Avengers 4, we don't know, uh, He's right in the sense that even if we see Chris Evans in Avengers 4, if they go back in time to get him from the past or something like that, they use a time stone, the character himself might die. That might be the end of his story that we've grown up with. So, And I'm sure there's going to be certain other characters that are going to bite the bullet um, within this movie. It just, it's, it's crazy that it's, it's getting so close, and uh, it's going to make a buttload of money. It's going to make a lot, a lot of money. So, and people are going to complain that it made too much money and all these other films are in there, but I, you know what? I love this franchise, damn it. God. All right. Uh, let's go into like a, uh, a, a couple of things um, that we can talk about. 
And you guys can give me a, you know, let me know if you like it or if you don't like it. Uh, first one that we have to go over, Street Fighter live action TV shows in development. I'm down for this. I'm completely down for this. Um, I love Street Fighter the games. I knew a lot of the mythology. Um, I don't know exactly what studio is developing it and what type of TV show, like as far as like what channel they're going to put it on. Those usually have a lot to do with it. But I think that this would work better as a television show than a movie. And actually, I kind of put that in the same category as my other favorite fighting um, game when I was younger is Mortal Kombat. And they've always been talking about doing a movie. Warner Brothers now owns the properties of NetherRealms, which is who owns um, Mortal Kombat. That's why you have all those Mortal Kombat games with DC characters and also the uh, Injustice games developed by the same company. But I would love the rich mythology of Mortal Kombat to, to be adapted on a good station or even possibly Netflix for a TV show as opposed to trying to cram it all in one movie. And even though I will say that the first Mortal Kombat movie is the best video game film, kind of by default, but that's okay. Screw off. Um, and it's really even not that good, actually, honestly. Um, but I would love a television show based off the beginning, much much the same extent that Resident Evil is another one that I think would be better adapted for television in some form uh, than a movie. So let me ask you first, Kanan, um, do you think that this is a good idea, and do you think that something like a video game has better chances in a television show, and do you think that maybe this could – be the first of many, hopefully, in the future. Uh, yes, I do think video games probably would adapt better uh, as TV series because you can kind of develop them a little bit better. In the movies, they try to cram everything into to one film usually. I mean, if they get sequels, that's fine. But in one movie, you know, they try to they kind of try to push everything into one film. You're right. Mortal Kombat is probably one of the better. Uh, video game adapted films out there, but it was so like pushed, you know, you didn't really get much development. I mean, they really, we didn't really get to see Scorpion and Sub-Zero develop. They kind of were just cannon fodder for Liu Kang. And, you know, we know that in the history of Mortal Kombat, those characters are not cannon fodder. They are, you know, they very much can hold their own against, uh, you know, people in uh, Outworld, you know, and all that. So um, I think Street Fighter... Um, would would be done well. I just the only thing is is that people have too much, um, you know, they put too much stock into video game adaptations. I think if this were just like, hey, we're going to make a show based on these characters, I think it would do a little bit better. But because people know that it's uh, a video game adaptation, they like they hold it to a higher standard and they judge it a little bit higher. Um, I saw Tomb Raider. I thought Tomb Raider was great. I, I love that movie. And I think if you had called it any other movie, it probably does a lot better, and it doesn't get the scrutiny that it does because it's a video game adaptation. But because it's an adaptation of Tomb Raider, people are like, oh, my God, it's nothing like the games and, and stuff like that. But as a TV series, I think you're right. I think they can develop the characters a little bit better. Uh, they don't have to cram it all into one show, uh, and they can you know, kind of flesh it out and make us, appreciate those characters and, and understand them a little bit better. Absolutely. And I think that's uh, something that we can all agree is that for some reason, when it comes to filming a lot of these concepts, especially ones with rich, huge continuities, 
Um, the movies just don't do it that well. Nick, they couldn't even get fucking Assassin's Creed done with Michael Fassbender, for Christ's <laughs> sake. Um, are you excited about this Street Fighter television show? And do you think that this could open the door to possibly other franchises, like maybe Metal Gear, Resident Evil, um, uh, Mortal Kombat especially, uh, ones that have these rich mythologies and, and, and a lot of stuff within them, could they adapt better possibly to a streaming service or a television show as a series instead of being a film? Uh, yeah, I'm excited for a live-action Street Fighter show. I mean, I uh, obviously the um, original Street Fighter movie was just, you know, 90s action garbage. Um, and the, uh, the Chun-Li one, it was remarkably worse, like, like it, it took itself more seriously, but it was still like really bad. And then, so then you're just dealing with a really bad film that doesn't have the camp to it, um, which makes it even a little bit worse. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it would be a great idea, especially for a, 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 you know, a game like street fighter where you don't really have one central character. Um, and even mortal Kombat, same thing. Like you don't like, yes, Ryu and, and Liu Kang are like the, if you had to put a stamp on the main character, yes, those would be your main characters. Um, but they're not like, it, it does a disservice when you only follow around like one character. And if you're doing a movie, you kind of have to make it about, um, you have to have a main character usually, um, especially for something uh, like a video game adaptation. You know, I don't think you want to get too ambitious in a movie having, you know, multiple characters sharing uh, the spotlight. So, yeah, I, I do think that would be the way to go. Um, I'm excited to see kind of what they come up with. Uh, and to answer your other question, I would be even more excited to see a Mortal Kombat adaptation because the mythology for Mortal Kombat is just some of the coolest shit like like ever invented. Um, they just took so much um, from different, you know, already existing mythologies uh, you know, with with the world of Adenia, uh, the you know the world, the, the Nether Realm, um, all that Outworld and all that kind of stuff, I, I find fascinating. Um, super rich characters. Uh, there's a ton of backstory before the first game. There's obviously a ton of story after it. There's the whole time travel element, so that kind of gives you the ability to maybe start it off with that and like not have to you know, play it by the book, you know, so you could leave a lot more suspense out there. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing is just get the characters right. Um, cause that's the thing that none of these movies ever seem to do. Um, and I think if you do a television show where you can take your time, you don't have to cut corners. You could certainly focus on, on these characters and actually like, you know, nail them down and, and get them right. Because, um, you know, especially with Mortal Kombat, they never, like hit the mark on any character. The closest I got was Johnny Cage, um, and th- but that was that was about it. Like Liu Kang was not a good adaptation of of Liu Kang. Um, uh, it's kind of become the, the adaptation that most people like, I guess, gravitate to. But it's really not if you actually know the character's origins. So um, yeah, but no, I'm I'm totally down for it. I hope uh, I hope they do well and. Yeah, I would love to see, like, HBO, say, since they're with Warner Brothers. Like, HBO did, like, a, you know, eight-episode-a-season, like, Mortal Kombat TV show. Like, hell yeah, I would watch the hell out of that. 
Well, I'm just saying, WB owns both Mortal Kombat and HBO, so, geez, you'd think that they would try to jump on that. But, uh, yeah, I, I've always said that Mortal Kombat, I think the two franchises that have the most mythology that you could work off of within a television series or even a movie to some extent would be Mortal Kombat and Gargoyles. Um, I would love yeah. to see either one of those adapted in-depthly as movies or, or television show. But, yeah, Street Fighter, definitely looking forward to it. I hope that they think about doing this with other shows. Resident Evil is another one. Don't pretend the movies don't even exist. Go back to the first game of going into that one house and all hell breaks loose. Have it be a 10 episode series and it just be the story of them in that first house. Go from there. And there's so much stories already written between, you know, in the timeline that you can kind of just get to it. But they probably won't do any of that. And uh, I'll cry and I'll just have to play the video games themselves, which is fine. It's fine. I can do that. Anyways, hey, here's some more shit to make you really pissed off. I, I'll wait. I, I guess that last one, we can all say that we enjoyed the information. We're looking forward to seeing the live-action Street Fighter, so I'm going to give that a woo. Or, or Adobe just wants to screw up. That's fine. Never mind. We're not going to get a woo. Stupid piece of shit. So I have some uh, bad news, like I was about to say. New uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle show is about to happen, and I think that my favorite comment regarding the animation was how the hell has the animation gotten worse like throughout the years for this show? Um, I'm going to say that I'm pretty sure they're not going for my generation anymore with this. They probably haven't for the last like three uh, iterations of the show. So I'm not going to hold too much stock or get too pissed off. I wish they could have figured out the films obviously to do them better. They didn't shit happens. But, you know, I'm a grown-ass man, and uh, Ninja Turtles aren't as fond to me as they were back when I was, I don't know, eight, eight, nine, whatever age. So I think it does look kind of weird. I have not seen a preview of it, but based on the pictures, I'm not really pleased on, uh, on, on how it looks. They look kind of goofy. If anything, I would just uh, adapt a show and kind of do the stories that I used to read in Archie Comics um, because they, they actually did start off as a comic book series, guys. It's weird. Um, these are the really dark ones uh, that were made by Image, I believe, back then. Uh, maybe not Image, but the ones that Frank Miller, uh, or, or was not, Frank Miller didn't do, but uh, were, were uh, based off of Frank Miller's work for The Dark Knight and Daredevil. Um, but that original series, or the stuff that Archie did, where it was like really super sci-fi, and stuff the cartoon tried to do, but... Try to watch an episode of Ninja Turtles um, from the 90s, and it's pretty awful. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I mean, I would rather my kid watch that than half the crap out there um, if I had one. But, uh, yeah, just definitely didn't hold up. But all I'm trying to say is I used to like Ninja Turtles back when I was younger. I'm, I'm older now. I don't really give a shit. I'm sure a lot of people really hold deep the Ninja Turtles. Um, are you one of those people, Nick, by any chance? Did I offend you? Uh <laughs> No, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't like it, but I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it offends me. I think, I, I want to say Joel was the one who posted up the image and was like, I guess they were bound to do this shit some, at some point, you know, that, and that's kind of how I feel about it. So I'm going to be uh, the Joel for this topic and just say, you know, it was going to happen. This is like the kind of new kids friendly style of things or whatever. Um, and you know, whatever it's, it's, what are you going to do? Uh, I would much prefer the animation that we had when we were kids because it, 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 I just feel like it looks so much cooler. Um, or even like the animation for the, the uh, 
TMNT movie that they did in like '07. Like that wasn't bad. That was that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and in fact, in fact the animation, the animation was really good. Like probably too good to like do for a TV show. But just the designs of the turtles were were good, you know. Um, and uh, I th- I think that would be a, a, a design that I would find more intriguing. Um, but I, I mean, I just won't, I won't even waste my time trying to watch this. I can already tell I got a good eye for these things and I can already tell it's not aimed for me. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, that's the concept that people need to get is that maybe it's not aimed for your age. Um, because that happens guys with cartoons. One that comes to mind is Teen Titans go, which I've watched episodes of Teen Titans Go, and I watched the original Teen Titans on Cartoon Network way back, Toonami, way back in uh, the early 2000s. I love the show. It did a lot of great job uh, adapting some serious storylines from the comic books that I loved and also providing a great amount of humor. This Teen Titans Go, it's not for you guys anymore. I'm sorry. It's, it's for kids. It's got much more of a SpongeBob sensibility to it than the original show. Um, same thing with Turtles. I really don't care. Uh, Kanan, are, are you a diehard fan of the Turtles? And does this concept make you just want to write the writers, you know, some, just, just you shaking your fist, you know, while you're writing this and just anger pouring out of, uh, out of your, your ears? And I, I don't know. This is piss you off, basically. Um, well, I don't really care about the Ninja Turtles anymore, to be honest with you. I mean, I... I did go see the the reboot movies, um, you know, just because I'm a Shredder fan and I wanted to kind of see what they were about. But the cartoons haven't really held my interest since uh, the 80s, and I don't feel that they've really ever uh, recovered from that. I mean, they're, I know this show is, is meant for, for kids, um, you know, up to a certain age, but no, I mean, it looks it looks pretty awful. And the fact that you're not even doing a, a cartoon with Sh- Shredder anymore. I mean, I guess it's cool to introduce somebody else, but I mean, they're bringing in John Cena uh, to do the voices. So, I mean, you can definitely tell they're going for a completely different crowd. And uh, I mean, diehard fans of the Turtles are probably like throwing up like every time they see them. Cause I mean, it, they're just, I don't know. It's, it's almost um, just a joke at this point. I mean, their design is just terrible and, you know, I don't know what can I say. Like I said, I don't really care. But um, if I was a a diehard Ninja Turtles fan, I don't see how you could be happy with this at all. You probably would cry. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to take yeah. it seriously, guys. I really am. But uh, I just I, I don't care. I know that some people made a fuss of it on our page, and I understand. Um, I just I'm gonna let some younger kids. It's kind of like when they made um, that Marvel show. I forgot the hell it was that had all the superheroes, and they look like they just look ridiculous. It was it was meant for kids. I was like, you know what? Well, little kids will get introduced to these characters that I like at a younger age and enjoy them and learn hopefully more about them. So that's all you got to do. You got to realize that as much as I love shows like Avengers: Earth Maze Heroes and Justice League and, and Teen Titans, that at, at some point they were going to end. And we're going to get stuff that was going to be drive for kids that were younger because, you know, we're getting our our 20s and our 30s, and that's kind of weird for us to claim for a cartoon. So hopefully it will be great, and it will be just completely different, and we'll all love it. Probably not. All right, let's move on, guys, to a sad concept. Um, Apparently Donald Glover has stepped down from the Deadpool animated uh, TV show that's going to be premiering on FX. Um, 
It kind of sucks. I was looking forward to his concept of uh, running this cartoon. I thought that he would have a great mind for it. Um, I'm still going to check out the show, though, because I think it's going to be much more darker, and I like adult. I used to love, actually, adult comic book shows. Uh, back in the 90s, they had The Max, um, and they had, um, i trying to think, uh, Spawn on HBO, an animated show that was yeah. amazing, and a lot of, a lot of other ones uh, that, that definitely try to do things. A tick, uh, for instance, that were, that were mm-hmm. meant for adults, um, and it did, did different things. I think that a show on FX with Deadpool is going to be awesome, it's going to be effective, it's going to be fun. But without Donald Glover, uh, you know, sailing the boat, or, or, or commanding the boat, I should say, it, it definitely does determine me, but I'm still going to check it out. Um, Nick, how do you feel about this news? I feel like it was too good to be true when we heard it. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. I guess I, maybe I just never got my, like, hopes up that much because I was like, dude, Donald Glover, like, this is, like, granted, it, it's an animated series. Like, I, I wouldn't feel like it's the, the biggest of commitments to make, but it's still a commitment, and the dude, like, is doing major motion pictures and has, like, one of the most, like, awesome, successful television shows in Atlanta, um, on TV right now. Um, so like, I, I, I'm definitely disappointed. Um, but it's, it, it doesn't shock me that, you know, he's, I'm sure he's just got too much shit going on. Um, and it's probably something that he was like, yeah, I would love to do that. And, you know, he probably still would love to do it. He just doesn't have time. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'm still going to check it out and hopefully they get somebody, um, you know, uh, that's, you know, cl- close enough, uh, you know, at least very clever and, and witty with his kind of sensibility for humor. Because um, I think that's the biggest thing. you got to hit it with the humor for a Deadpool um, to land. Uh, and as long as they can find somebody, you know, who fits that bill, I'll, I'll sure it'll still be good, and I'll definitely still check it out. Kanan, how do you feel? Uh. I mean, I was looking forward to it. I mean, I, I think it would have been cool to have, um, you know, another Marvel series uh, on television. And I think that uh, Donald Glover really, uh, really seemed interested in wanting to do it. Uh, unfortunately, him and FX just couldn't uh, couldn't work out the details um, creatively. I, I, you know, I don't know if, you know, maybe they were wanting him to do something different or, um, you know, he was wanting to change something up that they didn't agree with. I'm not sure really what happened. Uh, maybe they can um, get this all figured out and come back at a later time. Um, I don't know that anybody else will pick it up since right now Fox technically holds the rights to um, to Deadpool. But once, you know, the deal goes through with Disney, this is something we could possibly see on, uh, you know, Disney streaming service in the future. So, you know, the entire project might not be completely dead. It's just we're not going to see it anytime soon um, with Fox. But, um, you know, Glover has, you know, like Nick said, he's got that show on FX, so he's got a working relationship with them. Uh, and it's unfortunate, man, because right now uh, I'd like to see some, you know, some more, uh, you know, Marvel shows on television, you know, of, of better quality. Right now Netflix is killing it. Um, Legion is uh, is is doing pretty is doing pretty well. The Gifted uh, had a really good first season, uh, but man, that would have been pretty cool to have a nice, edgy animated series. Absolutely, and uh, I think that we'll still get the 
if they find the right person, I think that we'll still have a good show. But it definitely really intrigued me with Donald Glover's uh, involvement in it. But uh, let's go to the next uh, subject, uh, guys. Um, Kong Skull Island director Jordan Vonk Roberts uh, made a statement uh, saying that he was interested in doing an MCU movie on Twitter. Uh, he said, quote, I want to direct a Marvel movie that features no superheroes. It would be an absurdist dramedy that follows a group of random humans who deal with the magic and aliens that exist within their world. Um, very ambitious. But if you think about it, the concept you just, you just stated uh, a second ago, Canon, with the show Legion, kind of has a type of, not, not so much a uh, dramedy, but yeah, kind of, like, type of concept isn't absurd for stuff involved with Marvel to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie, I don't know if I could really get behind that. Uh, the only thing that I can think of is maybe two people that get stuck on, like, Savage Land, um, uh, which if you guys don't know what the Savage Land is, basically it's in it, Antarctica, I believe. It's a paradise um, that's in the middle of it, uh, you know, the frozen tundra of Antarctica. And uh, it's a huge forest that still has dinosaurs in it um, and a lot of just crazy wackiness. So how, some, somehow these archaeologists make their way into the Savage Land and all danger ensues. And this is a guy that's really good when it comes to monsters, obviously, because I did like uh, Kong Skull Island. Um, I liked it better than Godzilla, but it's, it's still not too memorable. I mean, I remember aspects of it. I remember, you know, Samuel Jackson just going crazy a little bit as a villain. Um, but I still thought it was, he, he, uh, he gets monsters. I know that's not what he's saying exactly, but you could do stuff without superheroes, especially like if you do count some of the monsters in there with Thing Thing Boom and a lot of the, the Stranger Tales comics that were in the, uh, the 70s and the 80s. Uh, there's lots of stuff that you could do, but the, the thing that he's going for, it doesn't seem like it'd be as intriguing for a movie. Um, how, did you, how, how do you feel about the statement on Twitter by the director of Kong Skull Island, Kanan? Uh, I mean, in a way, I kind of felt like he was describing, um, you know, kick-ass just without uh, going up against, like, regular thugs and stuff. I mean, if you take kick-ass, I mean, you have heroes that aren't really super-powered, um, you know, but they're just regular human beings, you know, and then you're kind of taking them and going, you know, taking out the human villain part and making them aliens and stuff like that. So I, I think um, I think that concept would work. Um, you know, because like I said, kick-ass works. Um, I, I don't know really who would, you know, adapt that concept um, or if there would be any, like, um, you know, if there's any, like, real um, – a real need for it. I mean, he's a he's a great director. I think maybe anything that he gets behind, people might jump on board. So, I mean, it's something I definitely would check out. And in a way, I am intrigued by this because – you know, you do get bored with just the same old character. So it'd be kind of cool just to have a independent type uh, show where you kind of, where he kind of like creates his own characters that maybe spin off into uh, the comics and stuff like that. But, you know, it kind of gets us away from the whole Marvel DC uh, type thing. And we can just focus on, um, you know, characters we've never seen before. Nick, what do you think? Uh, first of all, I love your idea of like introducing the Savage Lands because uh, that would just be um, so kind of just 
silly and out there. And, like, if you, like, did it, like, you could say it it takes place in the MCU, but because there's no real connective tissue, like, they wouldn't have to claim it. You could even do that with Fox. Um, Wouldn't necessarily have to be MCU. And actually, Fox might go for it more than Marvel would just because they seem like, you know, they're doing their own thing. And I know that, I don't know, I feel like Savage Land would be one of those shared rights properties because I know for a fact that Savage Land is a big part of um, X-Men um, at different various times. Um, so I feel like that would probably be like a shared property. Um, but no, that would be that would be very out there and, and, and pretty awesome. Um, I, uh, I personally like the idea. I think you're right. It fits better as a television show. Like, I don't know about a movie, um, like, I, I think it could work relatively well as a TV show. But then again, wasn't there a TV show recently that, that like, failed that kind of had a similar concept? Like, I think it was more, like, over-the-top comedic than Marvelous. what oh, heroes he's awful. talking about. Well, I'm sorry, what was no, it? Not heroes. Powerless. Yeah, powerless. Yeah, powerless. Yeah, and I, I, as I don't, yeah, and I don't, I don't think that did well at all. So, like, it's, it depends. It, it, he's so vague with his comments, so it really depends. Um, but Dane, you know what I want? I want Luis and Darcy in a sitcom and throw <laughs> Korg in there, Ugh. and I would be, dude, I would be so happy. Like that would be amazing because those are like my three favorite comedic characters in the whole MCU. Um, I don't think we're gonna see any more of Darcy. I'm Korg was by. Uh, yeah, but like Rockets, like uh, you know, he's he's got shit to do. Like he's part of the Guardians. Like I don't, I don't feel like Korg is gonna have like that much. And just give it, like give it to Taika Waititi and say, hey, dude, like make something like just wacky and fucking funny. Like, um, I would I would absolutely love that. But I I mean I don't I don't have any uh like any confidence that that will ever happen. I just think it would be. I think it would be great. I would totally watch it. Yeah, I think I would rather record my farts and listen back to them. But you know, if they do that, <laughs> I'm not going to be mad or anything like that. Um, I'm just saying. Uh, well, here's another cool concept of uh, directors that randomly want to throw themselves out there and be like, "Hey, I want to do a Marvel thing." But this one, I find a little more intriguing. Guys, uh, Stephen S. The Knight, uh, who's most known for uh, well, Pacific Rim Two, just came out first directorial debut, I believe, uh, for film. Uh, he's also known for being the showrunner for one of my favorite theories on uh, Showtime, Spartacus, um, and also did the first season of Daredevil. He's written a bunch of stuff for television shows and movies for scripts, uh, and he's just a he's, – you, you can tell that he's a sweaty. Um, he made a statement that he would love to tackle Moon Knight on Netflix – and that got a bunch of like nerds just going <laughs> and screaming and then freaking out. There was a riot. Um, well, maybe that wasn't about Moon Knight. I don't know. Maybe that was something else that I did. I don't remember. But uh, either way, a lot of people are excited by this concept. I don't know if this would be something that could be on Netflix or if Disney would want to save this for their streaming network or maybe put it on Hulu like they did Runaways. There's lots of ways that you could do it. But the fact is that even though I might – I don't know. It's very hard between the first season and the second season of Daredevil and which one I liked more. Second season was a different person, but I still loved the first season uh, introduced by Stephen uh, DeKnight. So would I love to see a, a Moon Knight show from him? Hell yeah. Uh, 
would love to see it developed in him kind of, you know, the fact that he's done ancient Greece makes me happy that he would be able to do a little bit of ancient Egyptian mythology and kind of put that in there as well as making a badass hero that's, you know, gory and, and bloody and kind of just go for the whole entire concept of this wacky, basically it's, it's Batman with a split personality disorder with Moon Knight. So, uh, would you be excited to see this, Nick? I'm assuming since you love Moon Knight, you would, you, you're you going to be like, hell yeah, like Stone Cold. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I would be so pumped to see this. I, I like, it's so, it's so weird too. Like there are just certain characters that like I didn't necessarily grow up with. And then I found later and they're just so intriguing to me. Um, Black Panther was one of those. Like I didn't, I had to read Black Panther comic books growing up. I, I didn't really, it was watching earth, earth's mightiest heroes that I was like my first real introduction to him. And so I was just like, man, this is an awesome character. Like I gotta get like, gotta like read up, like get steeped in the mythology. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, a, a, a similar thing that, you know, I found with Moon Knight was, like you said, the the uh, ancient Egypt uh, kind of connections, the fact that he, you know, has this split personality, um, just a very, very intriguing character. I think it would be awesome. I would love to see um, it done in a Netflix or Netflix style show. Um, and you're right, like the fact that he, like, did Spartacus, like, this big, like, Roman epic, uh, you know, I, I think would lend itself well to him being able to um, do some of these, um, like, Egyptian uh, uh, pieces and parts of, of Moon Knight's story. Um, I, I, I think it would be awesome. I would absolutely love to see it. And I would love to see, I would be curious to see how they set it up. Like, would that be one that you just drop? like drop him in to say the city of Chicago and just, you know, like have it, have it, you know, have him already be established as Moon Knight and you do like flashbacks of how he became it. Or do you just address that later on or whatever? Um, those would be like the, the quintessential questions that, that I think would be interesting, but I think no matter how they wanted to adapt it, I, I think he would be the right guy for it. And he's just got so much like, you know, executive producer experience, writing, show running. Now he's a director as well. Um, I, I think he would be a terrific, terrific get for them if they decide they wanted to do Moon Knight. Yeah, and I, I know that uh, my my choice, of course I'm going to fan cast this, guys. My choice might be busy, but I think that Remy Malik uh, from Mr. Robot would be a great choice to play uh, the role. Um, he's Egyptian. So it kind of has that correlation as well. Um, and he's also, I've watched, uh, I watched most of the season, the first season of Mr. Robot. I know that they're on their third season and he plays this unhinged style character very, very well. So uh, he's just an idea that was, has been in my head since someone suggested him. I don't know who the hell it was. Actually, never mind. I suggested him. I'm the one who said that. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Kanan, um, would you want to see uh, Stephen tonight uh, take a crack at Moon Knight next? Uh, yeah, Moon Knight is one of the – this idea that, that came out from uh, tonight was one of the best fucking things that I've heard uh, in a long time. This is something that us fans have been talking about, I know, on Twitter for the longest. Um, this is something that Marvel definitely needs to jump on. They need to get uh, Steven in a room, and they need to hash this out. This is something that would be huge. I'm not joking. 
when I say that anytime Moon Knight is brought up on my timeline, it explodes. Just the the want for this character is huge. He is a Marvel version of Batman. He's not Batman, but he's Marvel's version of Batman. And Batman is DC's number one guy. And I'm not saying that Moon Knight will be Marvel's number one guy, but this dude would be huge. You have so many opportunities uh, with this character. And it's just it, – it, it really upsets me, though, that we didn't get to see him sooner because I, I would have loved to seen him interact with the Avengers, um, you know, Captain America and, and stuff like that. But I think there's a way to get him incorporated um, here and there with uh, maybe on Jessica Jones or on Daredevil or something like that. But, yes, they, they need to get this worked out. This would be a huge show um, if if they did do it on Netflix. I don't know if this is something that maybe we see um, exclusive to Disney streaming service. I don't know where they I don't know where they go with that. But, uh, yeah, I'd be highly interested. I mean, I think this would be uh, a home run uh, for Marvel. Him versus Absolutely. the Punisher. That's what I want to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. They, they could introduce him in Punisher, just kind of like they did yeah. with the Punisher in Daredevil. Yeah. Um, for I sure. That would be awesome. All right, so I kind of – I have a question for you guys, and um, you can't pick both even though technically he might be able to do both. Um, recently, about a month ago, Stephen Knight put his aim on a different character, um, someone that Daredevil was inspired by, obviously, and so is Moon Knight. Uh, he said that it, he, like one of his dream projects would to be doing an HBO Batman series with Batman played by John Hamm and Walton Goggins playing the Joker. And he also mentioned that he was a big fan of the way that they directed the individual episodes of the animated series back in the 90s, how they were, had a connection, but it was loose and had like a stylistically kind of like a, like a, a detective-driven show with gangsters and stuff like that. You are Stephen Knight, and you get an offer from Warner Brothers to do that. You also at the same time get an offer from uh, Jeff Loeb to do a Moon Knight series on Netflix. Uh, they both give you a pretty damn substantial budget. You as a creator... Would you want to go for a character that you probably have a lot more influence by, or would you want to put more, like, you know, have a uh, easier way to kind of put your own mythology into the character with Moon Knight, or would you want to go after the character? You're probably going to be a little more restricted, but he's the basis for the the character that you kind of, with Moon Knight and with Daredevil, he's kind of, uh, he's, he's a major... I think you guys can understand what I'm trying to say. I, I, I know I'm rambling, but Nick, which which would you do if you were Stephen tonight if you had both of those offers? And w- which would yeah. you rather him do too? Okay, yeah, because those God, that might be two different answers. Um, if I'm him, which would I do? I mean, dude, if I got to do Batman on HBO, like I I just feel like that would be like the sure hit. Um, and that would be just something that would, ah, God, that would just be awesome, especially with John Hamm and Walton Goggins. Like, that, that's perfect casting. Um, and, you know, John Hamm's old enough that they could kind of do, like, transition into um, maybe a Batman Beyond uh, kind of thing down the road. Um, a lot of possibilities there. Um, 
I, it, dude, I, I guess I'm going to say Batman. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming that they both get made. It's just tonight is going to do one and someone else is going to do the other. Because um, if I had to, if I had to pick and say one gets made and one doesn't, then I'm going to go with Moon Knight just because I want to see Moon Knight in live action. Um, but assuming that there is somebody else to, to you know, run Moon Knight, um, yeah, I would probably pick Batman. It, it's like, but that's such a coin flip. It's a win-win, honestly. Yeah, it definitely is. And it kind of sounds like what a comic writer would have to go through. What I was trying to say basically is, is you know, a comic writer gets these two characters. One's more well-known. One's like that in the other company is not as well-known. So you, you have more freedom with the lesser-known right. character like a Moon Knight than you would with Batman. But it's still – it's freaking Batman. So, you know, obviously this is not going to happen. I don't, I don't see HBO – uh, doing a Batman TV show anytime soon. Um, I think that would be a good idea of doing something completely separate and different. Uh, I, I I don't think people are going to care who watch Gotham. They'll still watch Gotham, and the movie's not going to be out until, like, what, 2019 now is when it's start production. So that's just my opinion. Yeah. But given the circumstances, um, which one would you pick, Kanan, if you were Steve tonight, if they both offered it to you, and which one would you personally rather see him work on? Uh, if I was Steven, I, I would definitely pick the, the Batman series just because it's Batman and you get the chance to work with John Hamm and, um, Walton Goggins, but I would rather see him do the, the Moon Knight because Moon Knight's not a character that we've seen before and he would probably have uh, carte blanche on the character. He'd probably be able to make it his own thing. I think with DC, uh, they're probably gonna. He like you say, he's gonna be restricted. He's probably gonna have to. Uh, he'll have some um, leeway on what he can do. But I think WB and all them are gonna probably you know want it to be set a certain way. And uh, I think there would be. I think there'd be interest for both. I think both would be huge. But like I said, I think a lot of people really want to see Moon Knight. I think. Uh, we need to see other characters, and um, you know we we've seen a lot of Batman, we've seen a lot of Joker, so let's you know let's kind of get out some other characters, and you know let's explore um, you know people that we normally wouldn't get to see. So that's why I'd be more interested in seeing the the Moon Knight series. I completely understand, and guys, actually, huge news: Stephen Knight is actually doing both a Batman series. And the Moon Knight series. I'm just kidding. Yes. Um, <laughs> just joking around People with you. Just joshing, as, as some might say. <clears throat> All right, well, we have a couple more things to go over, guys, and then we're done. Oh, actually, I think this is the last day. Uh, last, no, no, we got two more. All right, um, Tom Hardy debunks uh, Venom rumors. If you guys didn't understand, uh, there was a lot of rumors that the actual symbiote on Tom Hardy wouldn't be featured except for a small uh, part of the film. I think it was rumored to be like 15 minutes of the film, which would have been kind of ridiculous. Uh, I'm glad that he debunked this. I hate what websites do as far as twisting news around or running with a headline that doesn't have like that great of a source and just completely putting it out there, and then every other idiot picks it up and starts running it with it as their headline. Um, I don't even know because I try not to open up these clickbait things if what what it says inside of it 
actually disproves what their main headline says, which happens a lot of times. They'll, they'll claim something. You read the actual quote. It has nothing. It, it, that's not what it meant at all. And they'll still run with it. So I have no idea, but I'm glad that Tom Hardy's saying that's not the case. I'm actually excited about, about Venom being different, being much smaller, being kind of dramatic. Um, I think it's still going to be pretty dang brutal towards the end once the whole symbiote actually happens. I'm not so worried about it having um, any type of direct um, continuity with Tom Holland stuff as of right now. I'm more just more or less just looking forward to the movie, and this makes me a hell of a lot more excited knowing that the symbiote and Tom Hardy will be a part of each other, if you will, bonded, if you will, not bondage, or if you're into that, go for it. Um, but they'll be bonded from uh, more of the film than those click bite things were uh, leading on. Uh, how, how, how do you feel about that, Nick? I'm cool with it. I was honestly cool with it if we did only get 15 minutes of it uh, or thereabout. Like, the thing is, I feel like, I don't know what, like, the, the running clock on it was, but I feel like if, if they, they had run an article that said, you know, Wolverine only fights for, you know, X amount of minutes in Logan, like, maybe it wasn't much more than 15. I mean, there's the big scene at the end. There was, of course, the big showdown with X-24 um, and, you know, a little bit at the beginning uh, with, you know, X-23. Um, uh, so, but there wasn't that much. Like, the movie was not driven by that. It was driven by his relationship with Charles, his relationship with X-23, Laura, um, and, you know, this, this uh, you know, kind of road trip, uh, Western-style thing. Um, so, like, it, you know, if we get, say, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, like, I'm cool with that. Like, I don't need it to be over the top uh, to enjoy it because the tone that they're setting for this movie, like you said, Dane, is, is a much more dramatic tone. Um, so I'm not expecting to see, like, a ton of Venom. Um, I'm expecting to see a ton of Tom Hardy uh, quiet, quietly grunting um, and just fucking loving it because I could watch. That's probably my guy, Kanan. Uh, you, you mentioned Benicia Del Toro earlier. Like, I can watch Tom Hardy just sit and paint and grunt, and like I would be like, yeah, I'll watch two hours of this. That's not a big deal. Hell, I watched the movie Lock, and it's just him driving in a car for 90 minutes. Like, And it was terrific. It was great. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. I, I I don't have much fear one way or the other. Um, if there's a little more venom than what was reported, I'm cool with that. Like, I, I have a lot of trust in, in Tom Hardy picking projects, uh, and um, I think this is going to be really good. Kenan, what do you think? Um, well, I mean, I could see where fans would be a little bit disappointed. I mean, they're, you know, it's a Venom movie. You know, you want to see, um, you know, Venom as much as possible. Uh, but I'm glad he came out and, and, and said something because the, these rumors really do fly around. And they, you know, they can almost like, you know, hurt a film in a way because the negative press that comes out. It just goes around and goes around and goes around, and people start to believe it, and it picks up steam. And, um, you know, people, you know, maybe like, well, I ain't going to go watch a film that, you know, doesn't even have Venom in it. Uh, but I do like the kind of the idea of thinking that Venom is, you know, that there will be a tease. Like, 
we'll get glimpses of him throughout the movie, like, you know, maybe he's able to, like, change his arm and stuff like that. But, you know, maybe for, like, the last 30 minutes or so is when we get to see him really fully embrace Venom. Because, I mean, you got to think that throughout the movie he's probably going to do everything he can to combat Venom, uh, you know, not really let it take over and, and accept it. And then the last 30 minutes, you know, we see him fully bond, and then we see Venom actually take over and, uh, you know, fight the bad guy at the end. So, uh, I mean, I think there's some suspense to that, and I think that that could make uh, for a really cool movie. And I think we just need to let it see it play out. I mean, if we only get to see Venom for 15 minutes, then it could be the best 15 minutes we've ever seen. The only thing we've ever got to see of Venom was Topher Grace, and his portrayal of Venom has been shit on since Spider-Man 3 came out. So I don't think fans really need to, to bitch too much. So I think we just need to watch this movie and, and give it a chance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> Quit your bitches. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> all right. Well, I do agree with that, and I appreciate the uh, intensity because that's how I feel about bitchy-ass fans. And fanboys out there, <laughs> I don't like you. All right, guys, we got our last um, <laughs> we got our last big uh, topic, and it's uh, one actually I'm really excited about. Uh, one thing that I know, well, most of the time, uh, when DC's animation department takes over a big uh, storyline, basically everything besides the Killing Joke so far, guys, uh, they do a damn good job adapting it. Um, and right now, apparently, one of the big films they're going to be doing is uh, one of my favorite series from Batman, Hush. Um, Jeff Loeb, written, Jim Lee, drawn series, uh, basically getting in the mind of a criminal that knows Bruce Wayne the best, uh, going by the name of Hush, that we don't know how he knows Bruce um, or how he knows where Bruce is going to be, but it involves many of the villains and kind of brought the um, start of Bruce finding out that Jason Todd was still alive. Um, One of my favorite series, I don't even know if you guys have had a chance to read it, uh, but the fact that they're going to be doing this, don't let the people that did um, The Killing Joke uh, be involved in, in the making of this, please, for God's sake. Was not happy about the sex scene on the roof. Um, but I'll go to Kanan first, since I know that you're, you're a DC guy. Uh, are you looking forward to seeing Hush adapted for the television? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of the best storylines. Uh, you know, in the Batman mythos, and I, I thought we were kind of, kind of going to get to see a little bit of of that um, on Gotham. I think they teased it a little bit with a different character, but uh, yeah, I mean, now I, I don't I don't know the complete details. I know that you had mentioned it being that is it going to be a, uh, a television like cart animated version, or will it be a um, or is it going to be like a, a, a live-action type thing? Oh, it's animated, I believe. Oh, animated. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's one thing I think that everybody pretty much can agree with DC is that their animated films are, are, are you know, pretty solid. I mean, I know that The uh, the Killing Joke uh, was a great film. You know, I know a lot of people had issues with Batman and, and Batgirl or whatever, but for the most part, I mean, it was really well done. Uh, and there's also some other really good uh, animated uh films coming out this year. I know um, the Batman Ninja is doing really well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, uh, you know, 
we're not getting these adapted on screen in live action. Uh, so yeah, hell yeah, bring bring on as much as you can animated. Um, Nick, how much do you know about Hush? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, I know a little bit. Um, I, I do know that like like a lot of people wanted to see some kind of adaptation of of the Hush um, storyline in you know the live action movies. Um, I, I I know um, that you know the character uh, like you know you're you're hardcore Batman fans like love that character and would love to see him on the big screen. Um, but I'm not, I'm not ultimately as familiar with it. Um, but I, I see, I love things like this because, um, like I'll be really interested to like sit down and, and watch it. Um, I, I wasn't like a huge fan of the killing joke, but I really enjoyed, um, the dark Knight. uh, both, both parts of that. Uh, I really enjoyed, um, uh, the the one uh, where Damien, uh, I think it was Damien Wayne, uh, cuts out um, uh, Deathstroke's eye at the beginning of the of the um, one. I can't remember the title of it. Um, yep. Something, son, something, uh, son of Batman. I think is what it was. Um, so yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I mean, Kanan's right. They usually get these right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm on board with it. I I think seeing, um, you know, a, a very cool storyline that a lot of fans like uh, is is a good way to go, and it's cool to see you know some of these other characters that you know we probably won't get to see in the movies, um, and even if we do, you know they're they're not going to be uh, they they usually take more liberties in the movies, and with this you can kind of really get the feel of of you know what the what the comics were going after. Um, so yeah, I, I love that aspect. I love that we get both uh, both realms. Uh, you know, the animated stuff that sticks more to the comic lines, and then you know the cinematic stuff that uh, tries to kind of build their own stories. Absolutely, absolutely, and I definitely this is another one. Like I don't have to have um, Kevin Conroy do the voice every single time, but this is definitely one where it would be nice to have him back. Uh, it would be nice to have uh, certain people play the villains because this one has, if they did it's, the stuff about animated, you can you can fit in a lot more people obviously uh, than having to hire actors to play each role because this has pretty much a meeting with all of Batman's villains going against Batman. So it would be great to have Mark Hamill back and a couple of other guys portraying their roles again. Um, I would definitely suggest for the role of Tommy Elliot, uh, Bruce's best friend. Um, that they've been fan casting this for years. And he did the voice of uh, Batman and Batman. Uh, what was it? It was, it was, it was a story that uh, Bruce Tim wrote himself and animated where it was a world where Superman was Superman, Wonder Woman and Batman were completely different. I think Wonder Woman was from apocalypse. Superman was born in Mexico, or at least that's where his, uh, his ship went. And Batman was a vampire, but uh, Michael, Michael C. Hall, AKA Dexter did the voice of Batman in that and him as Tommy Elliott up across from Kevin Conroy's Batman, I think would be amazing. And spoiler warning, if you didn't know, uh, Tommy Elliott is actually Hush. So, I mean, besides the fact that I'd love to see Michael C. Hall play that role live action, I can be a little bit more realistic and maybe get the voice of him. Because Hush or Tommy Elliott has kind of aspects that remind me of Dexter, and I was a huge Dexter fan. So 
this whole thing just has me really intrigued and really buzzed. It's one of my favorite Batman uh, stories, probably up there with Nightfall, uh, The Dark Knight, and The Killing Joke uh, as some, one of my favorite stories that they've ever written about uh, Batman and uh, one of my favorite villains that they created. So looking forward to it, guys. Uh, we had a great show tonight. Or today, I guess it's still today. I'm just not used to doing this during the daytime. Uh, went over a lot of information for you guys. Uh, we'll talk trailers, television shows, movies, all that jazz. And all that jazz. In Chicago? No? All right, fuck off. Um, but, of course, all good things must come to an end. And, uh, you know, i got to start exiting out. Uh, definitely check out our shows this week, guys. we got Full Court Press, and I'll let, uh, you know, Nick go over that mainly. Uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, now back on Wednesdays, and a whole bunch of shows and, uh, you know, different interviews that Kanan is getting us. So appreciate all the love. Definitely check us out on YouTube now that we're adapting our shows like this from Blog Talk, now putting them on YouTube so you guys have different formats to listen to. We also do it on um, iTunes as well, so go check us out there. Uh, Definitely rate, review, uh, join us on whatever format. And I definitely want to thank my two co-hosts, First, uh, Nick, uh, I, I really hope that you get this grizzly bear, and please come home <laughs> to us, okay? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. I mean, I'm undefeated thus far, so I, I'm feeling pretty confident in, in my chances. Um, but, uh, but yeah, thanks. Uh, it, was, it was a fun show. Uh, Full Court Press, Monday and Thursday, 9 o'clock. Uh, we are hour and a half now, so 9 uh, to 10.30, uh, Mondays and Thursdays. So join us for that. And we'll be getting uh, our shows up on YouTube uh, very soon as well. Uh, and, you know, if you go to our, our YouTube page and check us out there, be sure to like, subscribe, and comment, please. There you go. There's some more great input. Yeah, I heard you guys have some weird guy named Luke on one of those shows. Ugh. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> yeah, my brother. That's why he's I said He's kind that. of a strange bird, but, you know, we like him. Us elves are a different uh, breed of human, for sure. Uh, anyways, Kanan, uh, thank you, sir, for having uh, being on the show. Uh, we we enjoy talking with you, and um, you know, plug whatever you got to plug, and do what you got to do. Yeah, it was great, man. We covered a, a lot of different topics, man. It was a really good show, engaging. Uh, once again, you can always find me on Twitter at Geek Vibes Nation. I uh, also want to apologize for uh, earlier we were supposed to have an interview with Ryan Potter. Uh, you know, due to some technical difficulties, we've, we've had to reschedule that, but we're going to try to get that next week. Uh, sometime tomorrow, we do have an interview with uh, Tucker Albrezi. Uh He's on uh, NBC's new show called AP Bio. Uh, he's also done some voice work in Paranorman. Uh, he was also on a movie called Monster Truck, so we're going to have that for you as well. And uh, Tuesday, we have Chris Williams from Black Lightning. So um, it's been a uh, stacked month for interviews. Uh, Also, make sure you check out YouTube, like Dane said, for our interviews. Uh, We spoke with Cameron Cuff from Krypton. Uh, We also spoke with Emma Dumont from uh, The Gifted. So make sure you check us out on Blog Talk, uh, Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on YouTube and uh, catch all of our shows and our interviews. Guys, that wraps up a great show. Uh, like we did, like we've already said, check out all of our shows and uh, give us some conversation on Facebook. Let us know how you liked this episode, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. Actually, if you don't like anything about it, please just keep it to yourself. But uh, <laughs> hope you guys have a good one. This is bad.
Peace out.